Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really, it's become all of our business and really very, very huge interest uh, with that being uh, Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies in general. And my go-to person for that is Dan Roberts. I've known Dan now for years. Initially, we met uh, when he was with uh, over at Yahoo Finance as an editor-at-large there. Uh, but uh, since then, he's gone on to work with a, a very, very interesting company that I think is uh, one of the most important in the news and information space when it comes to all things crypto, which is the Crypt.co. And uh, it's one of my favorite news. It is by far my favorite news site when it comes to cryptocurrency. Now, anyone who knows me knows I'm not that heavy into it, but you can't ignore something as influential and has uh, – garnered so much interest in a relatively short period of time when you look at economic history. And, uh, and I, go, I go there quite often just to uh, uh, become better educated as well as to know what's going on. Uh, Decrypt.co is the website, Decrypt Media, the company. And Dan Roberts, glad to have you on, uh, editor-in-chief there. Um, you want to add a little more before we get started with our topic? Sure, Kevin. Uh, always good to be on. I guess what I'd add is, uh, it's funny, even since the last one was on two weeks ago, prices for crypto assets have rebounded a little bit. I mean, they're still, you know, very depressed from their all-time highs exactly a year ago. You know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, their all-time highs were November uh, 2021. And most kind of critics point to that. They just say, oh, my God, look how bad they've done in the last year. That's true. But it's funny, I was just... Um, you know, interviewing someone who first bought a bunch of Bitcoin in 2013, and I was looking at the charts, and it's up 30x since that time. So, you know, it's all about your time horizon. That's not to say, you know, I don't mean to sound like a big Bitcoin bull saying, oh, bye, bye, bye. I don't say that to people, but it is worth um, having context of what kind of time horizon you're talking about. And much more importantly, the thing I'd add right now for everyone who's even remotely interested in all this stuff is that there's a lot more interesting uh, news to read and examine beyond just what's the price today. Um, you know, in the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks, we had big adoption moves from BlackRock, Google, uh, Apollo yesterday, Apollo Global, the big private equity giant. So there are big indications that a lot of legitimate major players, companies, financial institutions, think crypto is worthwhile, regardless of the fact that the price is down so bad in the past year. Yeah, yeah. Um, very interesting. Maybe that should be uh, an upcoming topic because, uh, you know, it's like so many things, particularly in this economy, kind of a mixed bag, you know, and, and it's very easy to paint with a broad brush, which is something what people do when there's a lot of fear going around. And there's a lot of fear and a lot of loathing right now going on, and not just in crypto, but in all kinds of industries. Look what's happening to real estate, for example. And so, uh, you know, and it's, it, it, for whatever reason, very easy to pick on, on uh, crypto. Um, and so it would be a good, a good topic to elaborate on, that uh, you've got to be careful uh, about the uh, broad brush. I want to talk real quickly about a new story related to crypto that I've been seeing the last several days, which is uh, because of the crazy situation in Europe with Ukraine and, and Europe trying to support Ukraine and, and um, Russia really kind of making it clear it's going to pull the rug uh, underneath the feet of Europe uh, to punish them for their support of Ukraine. 
through energy and, and uh, making it harder for them to warm their houses and prices are expected to go through the roof across the board throughout Europe. Yeah. And as a result, you've got a lot of countries saying the time for, uh, you know, for Bitcoin mining you know, is coming to a halt at least temporarily because of this situation. And uh, they haven't definitively said the warning. I get the impression that it probably will happen in some of these places, uh, but they're just preparing them for that to happen. I don't know. Your thoughts? Well, so it's interesting. First of all, you're right that when it comes to Europe, well, especially when it comes to the UK, everything going on with them politically, with their economy, um, it's sort of unlucky timing for, for crypto, specifically Bitcoin, because if people start to talk about energy concerns and the rising cost of energy in people's homes, this is sort of an easy uh, scourge for them to point a finger at. Um, but even well, before yeah. we start getting they're, they're looking for scapegoats, yeah. no question. And I'm being, being very presumptuous. It requires a lot of, the listener may not know, it requires a lot of energy in order to yeah. mine for Bitcoin. That's a very important thing to add. That's, well, that's the right. uh, logic, if you will, uh, behind the potential targeting. Go ahead. Well, well, that's right. And I was just going to draw a distinction because there's Bitcoin and then there's everything else. I mean, Bitcoin uses this proof of work mining and we don't need to get into the weeds of how the tech works. But the biggest thing people should understand is the number two, you know, cryptocurrency, Ethereum, which is where a lot of the rest of the industry is built on NFTs, you know, smart contracts, all of DeFi, it's all built on Ethereum. Um, you know, if we were having this conversation just four months ago, I would say Ethereum also uses proof of work mining and also uses a lot of electricity, but that is no longer the case. You know, after the big Ethereum merge, which the name merge can be misleading. I think a lot of people thought that was a merger of two companies, but it was actually a merge of two networks. It was basically a network upgrade. Long story short, Ethereum no longer uses a lot of electricity. It uses 99% less energy, in fact, than it did before. So the whole conversation around energy-intensive crypto mining, when people talk about that and when countries warn about that, they're talking only about Bitcoin. So that's important right. to understand off the bat. And when it comes to the EU, you know, you've seen headlines about EU mulling a ban or EU lawmakers were, were looking into um, a regulation package that, that basically people were, were calling a de facto Bitcoin mining ban. That was voted down. It was a very close vote. But, but in April, the EU lawmakers, you know, narrowly voted against that. But as you said, now it's sort of coming back to the fore and it's being talked about again that they've been unclear. And, you know, the latest from the European Union was that um, the European Commission, which is basically the body that oversees new legislation, warned EU member nations that you need to pay attention to this and you need to prepare to maybe restrict crypto mining. And again, they're only talking about the energy intensive proof of work, mostly Bitcoin. So there hasn't been a ban yet. They voted down a ban in April, and yet, you know, I'm with you. Uh, d don't don't rule it out, and that would be very bad for for Bitcoin miners. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, it, it, and all of this is complicated. Again, you and I were talking during the break. You know, uh, part of crypto's value or the value of anything is scarcity. To a certain extent, it adds scarcity. I think there's been a lot of pressure put on. Uh, you know, and it's interesting because because really crypto mining is is really a 21st century uh, look or take on Adam Smith's labor theory of value, right? If, if not, if something's created out of no effort, then you know how does it have any value? It it really is linked to that. 
But there's other ways other than, than mining and expensive mining at that that they could achieve that. Uh, are, are they going to start looking at that? And, uh, you know, and it's hard to compare it to others and how they, uh, you know, get, uh, get their uh, cryptocurrencies because uh, there's Bitcoin and Ethereum and then everyone else. And so, you know, it, it'd be hard for them to draw on, their, on the others' playbooks and hope for <clears throat> continued success. Right, right. Well, yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, first of all, people should understand that the Bitcoin advocates have no plans or interest in moving to a different mining mechanism. You know, I think a lot of people look at Ethereum and they say, oh, so could Bitcoin change? No, probably not. They're not interested in that. Instead, they defend it and say it's kind of a necessary evil. They like to point to other things that use a lot of electricity that we all just accept. You know, there's all kinds of fun stats. They say, oh, look how much dryers, you know, use, the, the dryer in your home. And they say no one minds that because we all just accept it as necessary. So we'll see where that debate heads, but it's not going to change. Um, there are other kind of competing cryptocurrencies that have um, used the fact that they use this other mechanism, proof of stake, which doesn't use nearly as much energy as a selling point. But now that Ethereum also does that, that kind of hurts their case. So I still think for, you know, many years, Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to be the two biggies that, that matter. And then there's kind of everything else. And um, countries have gone back and forth on this. Like, you know, years ago, maybe three years ago, the biggest story in all of crypto was China cracking down on mining. They basically said, all crypto miners, get out. We're shutting you down. And um, at that time, a majority of all the Bitcoin mining in the world happened in China. And when China did that ban, it dramatically changed. Suddenly, China was providing none of the mining, and the U.S. had the most miners. Already in the last year or so, we're starting to see it inch up a little where someone's mining Bitcoin in China, you know? And I guess the only yeah. reason I bring all that up is to say nothing's really permanent here, and no ban or, or supposed legislation is really permanent. And, of course, that's the whole point of crypto is people say it's decentralized, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, there are tens of thousands of nodes and they can't really, you know, shut down Bitcoin mining in an entire country, even if they'd like to. Yeah, absolutely. Dan Roberts, always love having you on the show. Decrypt.co is his website. Real quick, final thoughts. I guess I'd say it's going to continue to be interesting. And uh, the biggest thing to look at for people who say, oh, yeah, I've read that Bitcoin uses a ton of electricity and energy. What a horrible thing. You know, no one should touch it. Well. What do you say to the big, big companies, including major publicly traded corporations, Wall Street institutions, that nonetheless are supporting Bitcoin trading for their clients? I mean, they don't think, I guess, that the energy use is enough of a PR problem to be staying away from Bitcoin, right? So I'm not minimizing yeah. the issue, but um, people shouldn't misunderstand and think that, oh, the government's just going to shut down Bitcoin. You can't really do that. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's like everything else, right? It's, it's more complicated. Uh, there's nuance required, and we live in a co culture that's so binary. Good luck with the nuance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really difficult to uh, look, look in the gray areas, where it's, unfortunately there's a lot of truth in the gray areas, and so uh, that's how we figure things out. Uh, again, always love having Dan Roberts on, and I am Kevin Price, and this is The Price of Business. <laughs>